ManaDeprived.com is proud to present Top 8 Magic Podcast with Michael J. Flores and Brian David Marshall. Brought to your ears thanks to FaceToFaceGames.com. Hey, Brian. Michael J., what's up? Um, I heard a rumor that we missed all the double-faced cards in all the colors so far. We didn't really miss them so much. Okay, I'll take your word for it. We didn't miss them. Maybe at the end, we'll, like, unmiss them all at once then. (laughs) Exactly. Okay, done. So the way the card image gallery is divided, they're just given their own section, so we can treat them as... I mean, when you say the official card image gallery, like... Not one of these off-brand card image Correct. galleries. Correct. No, not, not like some knockoff three-for-a-dollar card image gallery. Three-for-a-dollar? I don't know. So we are we are back in the the winter fell, I would say, <laughs> of, of the Top 8 Magic podcast. 8th Street and... Not, not 8th Street. Waverly and Gay. Waverly and Gay. 8th yeah. Street is actually right over there, though. Yeah, yeah. Waverly and Gay which if you if you go to our our Facebook page you can see the the street sign that says yeah. Waverly and Gay like possibly the most photographed street sign in all of New York right cuz people visit New York like it's Gay Street it's not because of of our podcast i mean there's some of that i think there's lots of them uh all right what are we going to do today black we're black we're working our way backwards across the colors so, Boon of Emrakul, 2B. It's an enchantment aura, enchant creature. Enchanted creature gets plus three, minus three. So this is like basically like a very slow, um, nameless inversion. Wait, so it's the Boon of Emrakul? Like, yeah. So Emrakul's like, I'm doing you a favor? Yeah. And his favor is to give you minus three toughness? Well, you know, maybe to your, maybe to your friend that you don't like, to your, to your opponent. Wow. Uh, this card was awesome for me at the pre-release. Well, so it's three mana for an enchantment? Yeah. So there's some value, I guess, to having an aura in your graveyard. You know, if you're, like, hanging out with Emrakul. I'd forgotten what it was like to podcast at Waverly and Gay. Do you remember when we brought Marshall Sutcliffe here, and he was just like, why aren't all podcasts conducted at Waverly and Gay? <laughs> I actually, I have no good answer for that. Yeah. It's just an unending stream. Yeah. Oh, that broke it. Very cute dogs. No. Very cute dogs. There's a Pomeranian that went by that was that's adorable. Not what, that's not what we're talking about at all. That's what I'm talking about. It's a very sweet, gray-snouted old black lab that walked by. Lies. Not a lie. It did. It was right all there. Lies. All right. Um, that card seems fine for limited. Very good. Actually, probably first pickable. Uh, yeah. Seems great for limited. It will kill something. Occasionally, it will kill the opponent's no, face. No, uh, no, like no five hopes for this. Like no, no, because of like weird Three graveyard. Is a lot. Deliriums. You know, if, if there was like a tallow wisp. Yeah. Well, th- look, that card costs three for two. Uh, two down on the tough. I'm sorry, for three down on the toughness. Dead weight costs one. Yeah. Right, and then there's the super dead weight that's in this set that. Um, we're gonna hit today because it's black. So uh, I don't think that that card is very likely okay. to be a boon to very many constructed decks. So you're gonna wane on it. I will wane. Although you know, if there were like a te- now, still if there was Halloween, I don't think. Yeah. So. Borrowed malevolence B for an instant with escalate two. 
choose one or both. Target creature gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. Target creature gets minus one, minus one until end of turn. So, so it's a terrible ability for B, right? Minus one, minus one for B, or plus one, plus one for B is, that's pretty bad on a rate basis. And then at three, you get two pretty bad abilities. Yeah. I'm going to wane. All right. Cemetery Recruitment. 1B Sorcery Target. Return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. If it's a zombie card, draw a card. So this is like Raise Dead for 2, but Cantropy if you have a zombie. If you have a zombie. I think this might be a pretty cool sideboard card, maybe. I think that there is a great deal of incentive to play black-based zombie decks in Standard. And so you'll likely to... like Whether it's black-blue, black-red, mono-black, whatever it is... There will be, there will be incentives to that, and I think like I don't think that this card would be very main deckable because it's kind of slow, but like I could totally see getting in games where you're 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 playing like creatures against creatures or creatures against removal, and just you know getting a two for one that gets back your best zombie, or like whatever zombie just to catalyze your zombie abilities is awesome. My wane. You're waning on I'm this. I'm waning. I mean. This card is basically sign in blood, no damage, but you get to pick one of the cards you sign in blood for, and it's probably a pretty good card, right? So, like, there are quite a few highly playable zombies, so you can get that thing back. Like, imagine it just said, like, get back Flame Tongue Kavu, draw a card. The thing, about, the thing about sign in blood, though, is you play it on turn two, and you find your third land drop. This card is so situated. Maybe. I mean, like, I play it on turn two, and then I discard the next turn. That's basically <laughs> what I, that's what happens to me. Sure. I mean, like, the, the, the idea that you, you that this is dead in the early game when you really want to find your third land. But it's an attrition card. I, you, I don't think you play it main deck. I think you, like, side this in against, like, mono, mono scred guy. I want scred, whatever. So say somebody has all dead weights and you have all two twos, right? This is, this is the tiebreaker. Yeah, I'm still waning on it. But, I mean, I'll, I'll respect your wax on it. I think it's a playable card. Yeah. Uh, certain Death. 5B. Sorcery. Yeah. This better be good. Destroy target creature. Its controller loses two life and you gain two life. Wow. I mean, that's not even the certainty of death, right? Like, how about it can't be regenerated and exile it, right? Yeah. But no. I mean... I mean, it kills creatures with protection from instance. <coughs> <laughs> Look, man. It's a sorcery. That might be an upside. There's The only certainty around this card is that it will not be cracking very many premier level top eights anytime <laughs> soon. So you're, you're going to wane it? I am waning yeah. it. card was really good for me in limited, but... Uh, collective Brutality. So this is 1B for a sorcery. It's a rare. Escalate. God, there are just so many beautiful passers-by here. This is ridiculous. Alright, hang on for this card. This card's interesting. And fire trucks, apparently. I know, and fire trucks. Escalate. Your Escalate uh, thing is discard a card on this. Yeah. So that, you know, is... That means... It's pretty interesting. Uh, target opponent reveals his or her hand. You choose an instant or sorcery card from it. That player discards that. So card. that's for that would just be like a duress. That would be just one B one. Yeah. Uh, target creature gets minus two, minus two until end of turn. Uh, and then target opponent loses two life, and you gain two life. So 
your like Omega version of this card is like one B, drain for two, kill a dude, they discard a card. Yeah. You discard two cards and cast this card. So you're basically even, right? If you count their life totals being worth a card. Right. I think this card's awesome. Yeah, I mean, and you're you're also remember, you're discarding. And discarding could be a perfectly Fiery temper. Yeah. De- perfectly desirable thing to be doing in standard right now. And you're not uh, spending more mana. You, you know, it's a pretty cheap... Well, it's not just that. It's, there's it's like free to discard. There's, like, the Hellbent Vampire, right? Like, yeah. that guy's insane. So you want, like, things that facilitate Hellbent might be cool. You could be discarding cards. Like, like, let's say you're playing black-green. You just discard two lands to this so that you can do your stupid get-back-all-my-lands card yeah. that you like. I love that card. Like, you could discard cards like my favorite thing to discard, uh, Drown Yard. Sure. You know, like all that, all that jazz. I think this card is awesome. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a big waxer on this card. Uh, Crypt Breaker. B for a zombie. Uh, it's a one one. One B tap discard a card. Put a two two black zombie creature token onto the battlefield. Tap three untap zombies you control. You draw a card, and you lose one life. I love this card. I've already played with this card. In constructed or limited? Yes. I played with it in Commander, and I played with it in my uh, first uh, pre-release uh, seal deck. I have, did not lose any games where I played this card on turn one. Uh, well, it'd be hard to, right? Because reasonable removal um, for something that, that's this powerful on turn one, like, it could be your, I mean, just in the most extreme case, this could be your only zombie, right? Yeah. And then you're, like, just discarding rando stuff, making zombies. Yep. And then Necropotencing them. Yes. <clears throat> All in one card. This is basically how it went. I had some other zombies. There. I think, like, this card is probably spectacular for Constructed. I would put it in the following categories. If there is a black-based zombie deck in Standard, it is almost certain to be one of the key cards yeah. that you play in this. And I think that there are certain versions of Control that are creature-poor main deck that might just side this in because Mize. Right. I think it's likely to be spectacular. I'm going to wax on this card. Yeah, wax too. I, like, like I said, I, I've already played with it in, in Limited, and it was it was great. I've already played with it in Commander. Uh, I put it immediately into my Sidisi deck, which is a deck that just randomly makes zombie tokens to begin with. So you just play this card and start... By the way, it's also, it also doesn't cost you anything. You, so if you have two zombies when you play this, you just get to draw a card. Oh, yeah. You know, there's no there's no tap ability on the Crypt Breaker. Yeah, I love this card. I think this card's spectacular. Big, one, big I think wax. One of the best, um, one of the best creature cards, certainly, in the set. Dark Salvation. So these guys are best buddies. <laughs> so Dark Salvation. XXB Sorcery. Target player puts X22 black zombie tokens onto the battlefield. Then up to one target creature gets minus 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 one minus one until end of turn for each zombie that player controls. All right, so you will generally be target player, okay? Yeah. So you will generally want to put zombies into play. The trick here is, based on how many zombies you have, you get to ting something, right? Yeah. So I think that like the most common scenario with this card will be, you already have two or more zombies in play, right? And you go like B, kill their thing. Right, so it's an awesome early to mid game removal card. So when I said like the super dead weight, I was talking about this card. This card is 
unbelievably efficient in a deck that already has zombies. But wait, there's more. You could just play this card for three or five. So you were talking about that dumb card that's like five to not certainly kill anything. Yeah, yeah, six. But you play this for five, right? So BXX, right? Yeah. Where you, you're just gonna get a couple of zombies and then you could kill something. You, it's not gonna kill it like super bad, right? You get like probably minus, uh, minus two, minus two it. But on the other hand, you got two zombies, right? Another common cast cost for this will just be uh, three mana where you just kill a 1-1, one, one, but you get a zombie out of it. Sure, you kill their Crypt Breaker or whatever. Another common casting cost for this will be 11. <laughs> like, just draw it late in the game, and suddenly you have five zombies, you get to kill something really good, and like, you have a pretty commanding board position. Like, for three, you're just like, make a 2-2, two, two, minus one, minus one something. That's like... By the way, if you close if you, to a constructed card, if you suddenly don't, if you don't have any permanents, and then you cast this card and you kill something big, and you make a bunch of zombies, that's going to be called establishing floorboard position from now on. By the way, okay, write that one down. But also, for, also, but there's, there's, there are a lot of other zombie cards that were in Shadows of Renaissance that haven't really seen play that where you might have a critical mass, right? Like from under the floorboards. Is, I think the one that's the blue and one for the bounce spell that if they discard a card if you have a zombie. Yeah. Is just the wind. Is that no? That's not just the wind. It's. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's Super awesome. Compelling deterrence. That hasn't been played yet. Recoil. That card is going to be ooh la la in my opinion. All right. So we we both watch that. Dusk Feaster, seven BB for an uncommon creature. So you know this is going to be an awesome. So one. nine. I'm sorry, 5 BB, 7. 7. It's, it's 7, it's 5 BB. Uh, Delirium, Dark Feaster costs 2 less to cast if there are 4 more card types among cards in your graveyard. Flying, 4-5. So this is either a 7 mana 4-5 or a 5 mana 4-5. Flyer. Poop and still poop. Right. Okay, it's, if there were a card that like was runny, just like... It's like runny poop or like solidified poop. like really poop. hard. Solidified poop that's easier to pick up and throw away. So... If there was a card that was just like five mana, four or five flyer, like you would just pass, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> I think I have. I'm pretty sure there has been that. If, creature. if there were like, but the, it was like delirium three mana, four or five flyer, like, I think I would still pass. Yeah. So we both went on that. Uh, Gavany on Hallowed, three B for two four. Whenever another creature you control dies, put a plus one plus one counter on Gavany on Hallowed. Eh. Yeah, eh, I had this in my deck. It was fine. It was a fine card. But, yeah, not, not super excited. Um, here's a card I'm interested in what you what you think, Mike, because I, I played this in my seal, my first seal pool, and I know Marshall scolded me. You know, it's not, not, not impactful enough, but I kind of liked it. Uh, Graph Harvest. B, for an enchantment. Zombies you control have Menace, but it also has 4B. I'm 3B. Sorry, I keep totaling there. 3B, exile a creature card from your graveyard, put a 2-2 black zombie creature token onto the battlefield. You could use it whenever you want? Yeah. This card seems good. It was, it was it was really good for me in Lemonade. I mean, I could just see having this, like, some number of copies of this card in your deck, and you're just, like, in a standoff position. There's certain matchups you'll be in a standoff position, right? Yeah. You're just like, drop this thing, attack with all my dudes. Yeah. And they're like, oh, get my face splattered. Yeah. I, I was, I mean, also... It's, it makes it, it's a goblin wardrobe for zombies, too. 
Right? All your all your zombies have menace. That's what I just said. Yeah. Splatter their face. What happens if you have like something that like something can only be blocked by one creature? Right. Then you have something else that gives it menace. Can it not be blocked then? I would assume it can't be blocked. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of investment to yeah. <laughs> have like a, an ability that only functions during combat. So you, you you'd, you'd wax on this card. Yeah, it's also like a what's the name of it? Bear harvest. That one that like uh, you can make bears from your graveyard by sacrificing creatures from the graveyard. Chapin played it to his second in the Grand Prix. It has that like bear harvest ability. Sure. I think bear harvest might not be the name. <laughs> I don't think I, I'm reasonably certain it's not called Bear Harvest. Maybe Bearscape? Is that a card? Bearscape sounds closer. I think Bear Harvest. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, you're harvesting bears? Like, <laughs> like, you're, like, flying over the Midwest and it's like a bear farm. You're like, what do you make here? Bears? <laughs> your, your perception of the Midwest is, is a little foggy. <laughs> we grow bears. Like, just we're, like, watering What's the that? bears. It's my bear scythe. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, man, we hand harvest our bears here. Like watering the bears. <laughs> We're not one of those big agro-industrial complex. Agro-industrial complex. Is this like a factory farm-to-table place? <laughs> um, Alright, Haunted Dead 3B for a 2-2. Two -two. When it enters the battlefield, put a 1-1 one -one white spirit to creature token with flying onto the battlefield. So it's kind of like, but it also has 1B, discard two cards, return Haunted Dead from your graveyard to the battlefield, tapped, and this is a zombie. I think this card's quite strong. Yeah, Car Carver's really, really good in sealed, and Carver's actually kind of spectacular in sealed. Like, it's, it's three power over two bodies for four, right? So, but, like, Eldrazi Skyspawner-ish. But, like, it's But got, when it comes back. Yeah, I mean, I think all these, like, recursive things make it like double and triple annoying, you know? And there's like all these these things that let you, you know, switch and upgrade your creatures and it's gonna make combat annoying. Like, and also just, there's just no way to overemphasize the number of potential synergies that just pitching things is, is gonna have. Right. Like, I mean, I, I would, I think I would like to discard this card to Crypt Breaker, right? Sure. So you're like netting cards. At some point, you have like too many cards. You're like, all right, I'll get them back. No. So you, you're you're gonna you're gonna wax on this card. I, I had you as a I had you in my head. Like I, I kind of try to predict. I I, I kind of saw you waning on it. But I mean, I think what if you're all in on zombies, right? right this guy does good work for you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna wane on it. I right. like it, but I'm gonna wane on it. I just don't see. I think there's probably too much other stuff to do with zombies that you won't need to get there. Uh, now here's a card. I think I know where you're going to go. And we've talked about it already. Liliana, the Last Hope. One BB for a Planeswalker. Liliana, uh, three loyalty, plus one, up to uh, two target creatures. I'm sorry, up to one target creature gets minus two, minus one until the end of your next turn. Uh, can't read this in the sunlight. The minus ability is a raised dead, right? Yes. And then the the ultimate ability is a zombie making emblem. Everyone knows this card. Yes. Okay, we well, I wanted to get all. I wanted to get the wording just right. Uh, 
put the top uh, two cards of your library into your graveyard, and then, uh, yeah, return a creature card from your graveyard to your hand, and then uh, you get an emblem with, and it's right, yeah, it's X plus, it's plus X. It's plus two zombies, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard to exaggerate how good this card is going to be. Uh, I mean, what's kind of interesting is there were a number of pe people were pretty pretty down on this card when it was spoiled. Like yep. a number a number of you know notable pros. I mean, I look look at it like this. Do you think this card, just sight unseen, tournament unseen, is more or less likely to be a high impact card relative to the six mana Chandra? Yeah, I love. I mean, I love this card. No, no. Before you saw the six mana Chandra see play, right? Do you think a three mana planeswalker or a six mana planeswalker is more likely to be a high impact? Card? Always a three. Always right, a three. Yeah, so always a three mana planeswalker. Certain notable pros said that the six mana uh, Chandra wouldn't be very good. It turns out it's a slam dunk, <laughs> one of the top five best cards in standard, and certain decks can just never beat it. Right. I think this card is going to be really good, and I think it is in particular going to be good in decks with Goblin Dark Dwellers, because it gives you just like. It, it's buddy system with Goblin Dark Dweller, right? Like, let me help you kill dudes, and then mid-game, let me help you get Goblin Dark Dwellers back. Right. It's a riot, man. <laughs> like, but first of all, and nobody ever beats Goblin Dark Dwellers. Like, they say they do, but, like, yeah, it's a lie. Only when they're in front of me. <laughs> uh, so what's your, what's your prediction for this? Like, what's the ceiling for this card? I don't think it'll be, I don't think it'll be a staple in Modern. Yeah. I don't think that. I mean, do you think we're going to get to the Sunday of the Pro Tour in Australia and there's going to be two of these in the top eight, four of these in the top eight? There's a Pro Tour in Australia? Yeah, in two weeks. Really? Yeah, Pro Tour Eldritch Moon. Is anyone going to play it? Yeah, everyone. <laughs> you, have a, you have a broad definition of everyone, I think. Well, everyone who's allowed. <laughs> Almost everyone is allowed. All right. Like, no, sir, like, what's, what, what's your, what's your, where do you think... This is going to end up, you know, we got we've got a, we've got some standard events this weekend. We've got the you know the pro tour in two weeks. I don't know. I don't. Maybe four total copies in the top eight. Okay. Maybe three. I don't think it'll be in multiple archetypes in the top eight. Okay. I still think it'll be a very good card. I think mono, I think not mono blue, but like like mono blue or blue white flyers is probably going to be the best but deck. blue white spirits has like been the, the buzz deck all day right like people have just been talking about it the, all, all week long like on twitter yeah, yeah I, don't, just definitely. I don't really twitter yeah I don't, I don't know about that so. you do twitter more than you do texting for example that is true uh, but I don't know about this but I mean I think if you just look whether or not you know they printed certain of the new cards I would have just wanted to play blue white flyers anyway just with Niblis of Frost. God, yeah. I think that card's spectacular. Like, and then some of these other cards make it super dumb. Like the the two three flyer for blue white one. The counters a spell when it comes spell out of play. Yeah, like that's a real card. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, what? Card's good. Is the morph guy that flips over to counter a spell still around? Stratus Dancer. Yeah. I can't be. That's uh, yeah, I think it is. Right. That's really. Is that? That's I, it can't be. Sick. No, no, that's the middle set, right? I don't know, but that that would be just too dumb. Yeah, yeah. Like all this, this is just silly now. So, but yeah, so the the, the upside of this is you like Liliana the last. By the way, if if the blue white flyers deck is good, this card is pretty good against. Yeah, them. machine guns like infiltrators. Yeah. Rattle chains, rattle, rattle your chain. 
Ding, 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 ding. So, so yeah, we like that. We're, we're both waxing on that card. Um, Liliana's Elite. An uncommon. Two B for a 1-1 one, one zombie. Yeah. Uh, Liliana's Elite gets one plus one plus one for each creature card in your graveyard. So it's a kind of Lurgoy fish. Yeah, a little Lurgoy fish. A little three, Splinter right? Fright-ish. Yeah, Splinter Fright-ish. But it doesn't actually... Like, Splinter Fright put cards in your yard. This doesn't. I think that... Liliana has a loose definition of what makes an elite creature. That's that's what I think. Yeah. I think this card's probably playable. The same situation. You think it's like the derogatory elite? Like special? Like the derogatory this special? Is like, this is like the short bus elite. Liliana's elite? I think like it's probably playable like in the sense that if your creature's their control you know like they sweep or you or they kill all your guys and you just like play a big guy that's not that expensive. But it's like it's it's not that good. I could yeah, I could see waxing on this card, but not. I'm not excited about it. Yeah, I mean, I I have just like a really low wax on this. I I think it's probably okay. Uh, Mar- Markov Crusader, four B for a vampire knight with lifelink. It's a four three. That's haste as long as you control another vampire. It's kind of poopy in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Like if it was like a five five protection from white with <laughs> the same stats. Yeah, it would be great. I think I would probably keep it then. Yeah. How about murder? How about passing? Really? You don't like murder? I've never liked murder. It's like the same as Ruinous Path, but worse in every way but one. <laughs> but it's like, it's better in that one way, but it's so catastrophically worse in every other way, right? Like, Ruinous Path kills Sorin and Chandra. This doesn't. Mid-game, like, I mean, you just animate your drown yard and kill them with it, right? Like, all this sweet stuff. This just is the same as cards that cost two, but it has an additional black mana symbol on the top. So you don't you don't think murder will get played? I don't think, I mean... I mean, you don't like this card, obviously, is what you, is what you say. I think that murder will be in the top eight of a premier event level constructed deck sometime in the next two years and I think this card is poop. So you're waxing. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's garbage, though. Don't make any mistakes about that. Uh, new Scrap Mob. So, 4 BB for a zombie. It's a 0-0, zero, zero, which isn't great. It's awesome. It's awesome. Uh, new Scrap Mob enters the battlefield with 5 plus 1 plus 1 counters on it. Whenever a player casts a spell, remove a plus one, plus one counter from New Scraps Mob. If you do, put a 2-2 black zombie creature token onto the battlefield. This card's kind of cool. So it's a base 5-5. Five, five. It could be like 5-2-2. It could become a 10-10. It's, it's too boring. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to both weigh in on this card, I believe. Uh, Oath of Liliana. Only question on Oath of Liliana is what the best black card is, Oath of Liliana or Liliana herself, because <laughs> this card is just unbelievably 2B, good. 2B, legendary enchantment. When Oath of Liliana enters the battlefield, each opponent sacrifices a creature. At the beginning of each end step, if a planeswalker enters the battlefield under your control, this turn put a 2-2 zombie creature token onto the battlefield. I mean, that's the classic example is like, turn 3 Oath of Liliana, turn 4 Gideon. You're just like... Ting their best guy and have like two two twos, and you've still got a Gideon. And like next turn when you play another Planeswalker, you're gonna ruin them again. And then like when you play like your six mana like Soren or Chandra, you're just gonna ruin them again. And you could play cards like 
You can go Dark Petition, BBB, Liliana off of my BBB and ruin them again. It's, this, this card is so much better than every other Oath. Like, it, <laughs> like some of those Oaths are pretty good, Oath, right? Like, Oath, of, Oath of Gideon's pretty interesting. Like, Oath of Jace is pretty close to being okay to play. Like, Oath of Gideon is like, oh man, you know, the Planeswalkers are good enough sometimes that maybe I would want to play this, you know? But thus, thus far, the, the big impact one has been Oath of Nessa, Oath of Nessa, right? you know, Oath of Chandra's a pretty good card. It just hasn't seen its day yet. Oath of Liliana is knocking futz. <laughs> yeah. Like, this card is, it, like, it should just kill their Dragonlord Ojutai and then just start spitting out gas. Do you, you want to compare this card to, say, murder? <laughs> no, you can't compare the two cards, right? Like... Like, what's the average value of this? Like, take out their best awesome thing and make two two twos cost three? Yeah. Maybe that's not the average value. I think that's, like, a pretty, pretty common value, though. Yeah, it's much better I mean, my than guess is, my guess is what it's actually going to do is they're going to lose a zombie token. <laughs> what it's <laughs> really going to do zombies. is they're going to lose a secure the waste token and then kill you with an Alva Strike the next turn. With an Ormond doll. So the best is you like, can ever live through an Ormondal. You cast this in response, they cast Secure the Wastes. <laughs> Sacrifice one of the Secure the Waste tokens that kill you with the other guys. That's what'll really happen. Alright, uh, Olivia's Dragoon. Uh, it's a 2 2 uh, vampire for 1 and a B. Discard a card, Olivia's Dragoon gains flying until end of turn. Poop for construction. Yeah, we're gonna weigh in on it. I don't even know if I, I don't even think I played it in my. Sealed deck. It would have been fine. I just had bear is fine. A flame. It was fine. I just had better things to do. Um, Prying questions. Uh, Again, to be sorcery target opponent loses three life, and you put a card from his or her hand on top of his on top of his or her library. Costs a hundred mana though, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like an okay. It's like an okay effect, but I mean, it's it's basically like a fallow earth kind of effect, right? I mean, it's just like half a Blightning, right? Or like two-thirds of a Blightning. Yeah. That's... It doesn't say you look at their hand. You just say that one. That's like not three-thirds of a Blightning, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, Rise from the Grave. Four beasts. Does someone like go, Chief! Chief! We haven't used Rise from the Grave yet. Is Chief Matt Cavada? Yeah. Well, actually, no. Actually, they did use... This is a reprint, isn't it? I don't know. What it is a reprint, yeah. Rise from the Grave. Put target creature card from a graveyard, from a graveyard, onto the battlefield under your control. That creature is a black zombie in addition to its other... Yeah, this card has been printed a few times. Actually, I just... The art... I think it's me. probably suddenly become highly playable. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah, in all of its previous incarnations, it never, it never saw the light of standard. But now I think it's probably going to dominate not just modern, not just legacy, but also vintage. Yeah? Okay. No, I don't think okay. that at all. I'm going to wait on it. Okay. Uh, Ruthless Disposal. Let me tell you something. I had this card in my sealed pool. It's really good. This reminds me of like that scene in Star Wars when they're in the trash compactor. Yeah. 4B for, for, for sorcery. As an additional cost to cast Ruthless Disposal, discard a card and sacrifice a creature. That's a lot. Two target creatures get minus 13, minus 13 until end of turn. That is ruthless. I mean, that's a lot to do, and it's yeah. not cheap. No, it is not cheap. I think it's probably not going to be good enough for Constructed. 
Probably not, but man, was it good. I mean, like... The yeah. fact he has to sacrifice a creature is the big thing. Like, and, discarding and a card I don't care about. And you have to have two targets. Yeah, it's not good enough for Constructed. Yeah. I don't think, like... Like, there's a weird It does block. kill a mirror wing dragon if they have another creature without you having to kill your whole team. That's mirror true. wing dragon says a single, you know, only targets mirror wing Well, that dragon. certainly hits a very specific square on the battle, on the, it on the, came up this on the, weekend. on the battleship. It came up this weekend. A9. <laughs> also A12. Uh, Skier's Dog Supplicant. Uh, 2B for a 2-3 uh, human cleric. B, tap, discard a card, each player loses two life. Eh. Pretty bad. Yeah. Strange Augmentation. Aura, uh, Enchanted Creature, Enchanted Creature gets plus one, plus one. Delirium, Enchanted Creature gets an additional plus two, plus two, as long as there are four or more card types among cards in your graveyard. So it gets, the, why wouldn't it say just gets three, Delirium gets three plus three? Instead? Like, yeah. what if, what if there were a card that was just like 2B, target creature gets plus 3, plus 3? Would that be playable and constructed? It was 2B? Yeah. This is just B. Oh, I thought it was 2B. No, it's B. Yeah, I think this... Ugh. Actually, that changes my mind a little bit. That's pretty good. If you can get Delirium. Yeah. And have a creature that you can put an aura on and make it meaningfully attack you. I mean, look... The notion of playing with buff spells is, you know, you're fundamentally playing with cards gonna, that only work some of the time. I'm going to wane on this guy. All right. I'll wane on it, too. Uh, Stromkirk Condemned, BB for a 2-2. Vampire Horror, discard a card. Vampires you control get plus one, plus one until end of turn. Activate this ability only once each turn. Awesome. I think, like, this card is very likely to see play if there's a dedicated black-based... Vampire, Vampire deck. deck or Madness deck. Yeah, it's or both. Awesome. <laughs> they might be the same yeah. deck, right? Uh, you, you don't think the man is good enough that you could play this in a black-red deck? Like, you couldn't play this with Olivia? I think, it's, I think it's likely that there's going to be a red Vampire's deck and a black Vampire's deck, and both of them will splash just for the, just for the red-black guy. Okay. That guy's too good. Okay. Succumb to Temptation... 1BB. Don't mind if I do. Instant. You draw two cards and you use two, lose two life. I want this card to be good. It's an instant, man. I want this card to be good. It's like so much worse than every other card that's costed near it, but it's an instant. It doesn't target either, right? No, it's you. Yeah, I think I think this is I think this is a waxer. I hate <laughs> to say this, but I I think I'm waxing. Like you could sit there with murder and Look, succumb to temptation in hand. This they is like just, don't do anything. You can draw two cards. They do something. The you can murder it. This is just the worst Abzan charm. It's like such a bad Abzan charm. The situation you've described, wherein I have a murder and this, is still worse than just having an Abzan charm. Yes. Uh, three bin foul bloods. Two B for a three two uh, zombie hound. Uh, it gets plus one plus one and has menace as long as you have delirium. Eh. So it's a four three or. A two three, a three two. Just having guys that just are guys is yeah. not exciting to me. Tree of Perdition. We've talked about this card a is, little bit before. Do you think that there's going to be like some sort of super stupid combo that gives it minus twelve, minus twelve? 
Or maybe you give it plus one, plus one, and then give it minus 13, minus 13, which might be easier. I mean, the, the obvious combo is with Triskaidekaphobia. That people have talked, you know, a lot of people have talked about. Do you think, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a meaty blocker. Yes. I mean, it becomes an even meatier blocker if you make your opponent be at 13. You're like, huh, I'm at, this is an 0-20 now. Like, what if you had this with the salt formation? You're like, use its ability as salt formation, get in there. Yeah, defender. Salt oh, wait, formation just, allows let's, let's, let's balls attack. Oh, let's do it. Uh, do you like this card? Or yes, sir. If you have, to I think make, I like it. Yeah, I, 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 I think it's gonna find uh, it's gonna find some cracks to crawl through, and you might just see people play this and just get phobia, like some sort of comboy deck. Uh, vampire. Cocktail. I like how you use the term combo e for a combo deck while referencing cards that cannot be used in like a conventional deck. Like, oh, I think I'm gonna play a deck that uh, has an infinite deck. combination based on Kiki Jiki that I can't cast. Although that feels a little combo y. <laughs> yes. Yes, it feels a little combo y. A little combo. I just don't know what the other cards would be that would round out the deck. It might be a deck that does something else as well. It could be a, I a really black think control like... deck with a. No, no, no. I actually, I'm gonna stand by how I phrase that because it could be a black control deck or a black based control deck that also has this combo in it. I mean, I think you could just easily give it plus one, plus one from something. Like, I don't know, an always watching. I'm just going to make that up an always watching. Yeah. And give it minus 13, minus 13. No. That's what I think yeah. might happen. Okay. Uh, Vampire Cutthroat. B for a 1-1 one, one with Skulk and Lifelink. It's a I, Vampire Rogue. I just don't think it's high enough impact. Yeah. I want to like that card. Yeah. Uh... Walking Ghoul, 1B for a 1-3. When Walking Ghoul enters the battlefield, put the top two cards of your library into your graveyard. This is like a really kind of weird, bad Omen Speaker, right? Yeah. Not, not I scored with Omen Speaker last year, but I think that scrying is better than randomly putting the top two yeah. cards of your library yeah. away. Um, Weirded Vampire, 3B for a 3-3. Three, three. Madness, three, uh, 2B. That's it. That's all it does. Next. Whispers of Emrakul. Uh, 1B, target opponent, discard a card at random. Delirium, him to Tarak. I want this card to be good so badly. But even if it's good, it's too slow. What, what's the fastest you can... What is the... Like turn what? six? Like, I don't know. What if I play like a zero cast and cause hanger back walker on the first turn to set it up, right? That's terrible. I think you could play a turn... Sacrificing an evolving wild for your swamp. I mean, like, you can go... Let's say if you go first from Terrarian. Yeah. It's first from Terrarian. You can't even. <laughs> like, you go second turn... I mean, I think it's got to be a third turn evolving wilds to do what you want. Yeah, I don't... Okay, okay here it goes. First turn Terrarian. Second turn, like, Deadweight their thing. Evolving wilds. It's like... Minimum fourth turn. You just can't. Yeah. It's just not. It's just not fast enough. So, so which cards do you like here? What, what are you? What are your top cards? I mean, you like Oath of Nissa, Real really Nissa. So I'm not so, sorry. Oath of Liliana. Not yeah. And Real uh, Liliana. I like yeah. the best. I like the Crypt Breaker, and I like the Dark Dark. Uh, what's the name of it? Dark. Not Dark Petition. 
The one that's like the super dead weight. Uh, sure. It was. Yes, Dark Covenant. Is that Dark Salvation? Dark Salvation. Those are the those are the four cards I like the best. I bet if you asked anybody off the street which are the four cards they like the best out of the black cards we named, those would be the ones that they said. I I, I think that uh, I think that the Stromkirk. Oh, the uh, PB guy. The He's Stromkirk good. condemned. I think that card is really good. Like turns all your cards into. Uh, I mean, you can only do it once, but. Yeah, but we didn't talk about the flip cards. It's like the Voldaren Pariah is one of the strongest cards in the set, I think. Do you want to do, you want, do, you want to do uh, flip cards right now? I mean, we could do the flip cards. We alluded to it. It is kind of looking things up. I feel like we're looking up flip cards. We're not looking at anything up. We can just All do, right, as long as you say so. We can do black and double-faced. So we've done how, like how a color. How two-faced of us. Yes. All right. So Eradicator of Sin. This is a white card. It's 2W for an O3 Human Cleric. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, you may sacrifice another permanent. If you do, put a two-two, uh, put a three-two colorless Eldrazi Horror creature token under the battlefield. Delirium at the beginning of your upkeep. If you have Delirium, transform into Eradicator, uh, Extricator of Flesh, and Eldrazi Horror. It's three-five. Eldrazi you control at Vigilance two. Sacrifice a non-Eldrazi creature to put a three-two Eldrazi into play. My God, that is a lot of text for a card I don't want to even think about <laughs> uh, Lone Rider also white it's one and a white for a 1-1 one, one first strike lifelink at the beginning of your upkeep um, at the beginning of your end step if you've gained three or more life this turn transform Lone Rider and it transform into it that rides as one it's a 4-4 four, four with first strike trample and lifelink is it end of your, uh, your is it your end step or any end step at the beginning of the end step that's very different. I like this card. I think that card is incredibly good. First of all, it's good, like, early game speed bump that you're going to want to play in matchups where life matters. Sure. And then just, like, that's why I said if it's any end step is different. Cause you By could the way, just... it's, a, it's a human knight, so it is not hard to do this at all in existing human shells with Thalia's lieutenant. I mean, with... Uh... No, it's just, just Ojitai's command. Yeah. Like... Get it back, gain four life, right? Sure. And you just got a four four. Yeah. Oh, like, that's sweet. This is like, this is just like play for Ojitai's command. This is like Ojitai. Like, this guy came out on the street, took away Rorschach's sign that says like the end is nigh. Yeah. He just like, and it, he just scratched it out and he just wrote play Ojitai's command because. That, these guys are just peanut butter and chocolate. But there's chocolate, also, also a situation where you have Thalia's lieutenant and always watching, and this is a, a three power. Oh yeah, and they just first strike with vigilance. You like you like attack, and they're like, oh, well, it has first strike. I can't really block it. All right, and then it transforms into like a six six. Or you can just griff boon it up. Yeah. Get in there. Yeah. Gain some life. And then the, yeah, then it transforms into a uh, a six six. First Strike Trample Life Linker. I think this card is excellent. Yeah, I like this card. Unreservedly. So, both whacked. Um, Curious Homunculus. One U for a 1-1 one, one, Homunculus. Tap, add colorless to your mana pool. Spend this mana only to cast an instant or sorcery. Like, what else would you cast anyway? Like an artifact. Sure. At the beginning of your upkeep, if there are three or more instant and or sorceries, transform Curious Homunculus into Voracious Reader. <laughs> I, I love it. It's my favorite card. 3-4 uh, Prowess. 
uh, instant sorcery cards you cast cost one less to cast. This card's kind of sweet. I mean, I wax this card. All right, you can wax it. You're not going to wax it? I'm going to refrain judgment. I'm just keeping thinking about the name Voracious Reader. I feel like maybe this should be, like if Bella were a Finkel drafter, that should be like her, <laughs> her yeah. avatar card. That's the extent of my thoughts on this. All right, I like this card a lot. All I right. mean, I'm certainly going to play it in other formats than standard. All right. Uh, Docent of Perfection. This card is very super good. So this is the final form of the... Delver of Secrets that we've 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 sort of carried through. Uh, it's three UU for a five four flying. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery, put a blue wizard creature token onto the battlefield. If you control three or more wizards, transform this into perfection into final iteration. Uh, wizards you control get plus two, plus one, and have flying. Uh, whenever you cast an instant or sorcery, put a one one wizard into play. And then the wizards get plus two, plus one, so yeah. Yeah, this card is dumb. But bonk nanners. It's really good. Like, it, it could be played in a variety of strategies, not the least of which is just, like, if it's a relatively creature-poor deck, but it's, like, full of instants and sorceries. It's like a one-man army. Yeah. Or one insect army. Or one horror army, or whatever you want to call it. And, like, five, four, five. Not too bad. It's got flying and, yeah. and additional abilities. Yeah. Um, Grizzled Angler. 2B for a 2-3. Tap, put the top two cards of your library into your graveyard. Uh, if there's a colorless card in your graveyard, transform Grizzled Angler. A, a colorless card, so like a land is okay? There is a colorless creature card. Sorry. Okay. Uh, Grizzled, Grizzly Anglerfish. Uh, creatures your opponents control. Six. If able, for six mana, and it's a 6-5. My god, is this card poop. <laughs> uh, all right, Voldar and Pariah. I think this is My one god, of the is this card super dumb. <laughs> this is one of the cards you were talking about before. 3BB for a vampire horror. It's a 3-3. Three, three. So 3-3 three, three flying for five. Not Nothing three. to write home about. Flying. But Sacrifice three other creatures. Transform Voldar and Pariah. Oh, by the way, this also has madness BBB. for BBB. Yeah, which makes it so much more palatable. And then it becomes Abolisher of Bloodlines. Flying, when this creature transforms into Abolisher of Bloodlines, target opponent sacrifices three creatures. Like, those creatures could literally be Profane Prince, like... Could be Profane Prince, Eldr Emrakul... And Ulamog. And Ulamog, yeah. Doesn't matter. They're just all dead. Uh, how you're able to get to this position from there. Well, yeah, when you're playing against <laughs> these cards, it's it's, uh, it's anyone's guess. And it's a 6-5 flying. This, this card's card is spectacular. Super good. Where does it rank versus Liliana? Um, I mean, obviously in a... I mean, you have Liliana, and Lil Oath of Liliana is your top two black cards before we brought in double-faced cards. And like a dedicated madness slash dedicated vampires deck, it's better than Liliana. Yeah. I think, like, in general, Liliana's better than this. Okay. Like, this card is only good if you have a bunch of creatures to sacrifice, right? Okay. So, but in, like, it's, it, you know, you can ask certain cards, like, you know, how good is Arcbound Ravager? Well, it's only good if you have other artifacts, right. you know? How good is Imperial Armor? It's only good if you have cards in hand, you know? Yeah. <coughs> uh, Conduit of Storms. 2R for 2-3... Werewolf horror. Whenever Conduit of Storms attacks, add red to your mana pool. 
at the beginning of your next main phase this turn. And then it is 3RR, uh, Transform Conduit of Storms. It becomes a 5-4 Eldrazi Werewolf. Whenever Conduit of Storm attacks, add Colorless Colorless to your mana pool at the beginning of your next main phase this turn. So It's quite sweet. <coughs> its base form is a 2-1 for 3. 2-3 for 3. I'm sorry, 2-3 three, three for 3. That gives you a little extra mana. It seems pretty clunky to use in Constructed to me. I guess you can attack, and then they still kill it, but you get, like, five mana. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah, like, the next turn you can attack, you can transform it and upgrade it into a 5-4. It's, like, got its own little emerge mechanic going on. Yeah, I think it's probably not good enough for Constructed. Okay. How do you feel about a smold Colby Smoldering Werewolf? I like this one. Uh, 2 RR for a 3-2. When Smoldering Werewolf enters the battlefield, it deals one damage to each of up to two target creatures... And then 4RR transforms Smoldering Werewolf. It becomes the Erupting Dreadwolf in Aldrazi Werewolf. Whenever it attacks, it deals 2 damage to target creature or player. And like it's a 6-4. It's like very Inferno Titan-esque, right? Yeah. So like the downside is you have a kind of crappy creature, right? So it's a 3-2 three, two three, two for, for 4. four. Um, but it has like this minor pinging ability, which kind of makes up for being right. a little bit small. It's not too bad, right? right. Uh, but then it gets like pretty strong mid, middle turns. I don't think it's great. Like I, I could totally see this card never cracking a top eight. But I kind of like it. <laughs> I think I'll, I think I will loosely wane on it. I'm, I'm very on the border on that one. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna wane on it. Yeah. Uh, Vilden Pack Outcast. This is the card you are gonna most hate in limited, uh, over the course of this format. It's a common. It's not super impressive, right? It's like a four and R for a 4-4 four, four Trampler. You know, it's a fine card. It also has R, Building Pack Outcast, gets plus one, minus one until end of turn. So already you can sort of like finish people off with this. It's a like, five casting cost pumper. Five casting cost pumper. So you can get it to like seven power in a trample situation pretty easily. But it has five RR, Transform Building Pack Outcast. It becomes a 5-7 Trampler with one mana, Drone Pack Kindred gets plus one, plus zero until end of turn. It just has colorless fire breathing. I had this at the pre-release. I transformed it. I attacked. My opponent is just sitting there trying to figure out how to block. It's like, it's pretty simple. Add my mana up, plus five, add your toughness up, yeah. and you're dead. So here's the problem with this card. I don't think this card is standard playable at all. Yeah, you need a lot of stuff to be. You need a lot of stuff to be like going wrong for your opponent for them to yeah. be in a situation for. But let me tell. But I'm just on. telling you, like this is going to be the card. It's just going to be like it's a 22nd or 23rd card. It's not super amazing, but when this happens, you just you're just it's just an inevitable. 23rd card, huh? It's a little aggressive for a 17 land deck. You think this is aggressive for a 17 land deck? You wouldn't play. Oh, you want this to be a 20 set? You want an 18 yeah, I want lander? A, yeah, I want an 18 lander. Sure, this but this card's gonna this card's gonna kill a lot of people. I agree with you, but not in the 17 lander. No. Not tip. Maybe, maybe, maybe not typically. It's pretty expensive. Kessig Prowler, <coughs> G for two one. So we've already talked about this card a little bit. It's one of the best cards in the set, in my opinion. It's just ridiculous. We have, you know, it's just way, way, way better than Wild Dogs. Yeah, green doesn't get cards like this, right? White gets cards like this. Yeah. Um, so it's a werewolf horror, uh, and it has 4G, transform Kessig Prowler. So it's, you know, starts as a 2-1, but it transforms into a 4-4. Four, four. 
uh, Sinuous Predator. And Sinuous Predator can't be blocked by more than one creature. So you're a little menace trick. I mean, to play like its transformation cost is totally reasonable in a game that goes a little long. Right. It's just a 2-1 for G. Just a great setup, man. Like, if you're going to play, like, some sort of Wolf's Matter, you know, like, there's that new gnarled mass that has flash and like wolves and werewolves get plus oh plus three sure you just go this guy in turn one there's so many good two drop wolves and werewolves now right yeah, yeah. there's lambhold pacifist there's Dustwatch recruiter right like yeah. all these guys and like you can just you know just do your business on people like a wolf would do <laughs> and then howl at the moon when you're done like the sh- so yeah like I, a I, wolf would do yeah i think we're both Strong waxing on this. Shrill Howler, uh, staying on Howl theme here. 2G for a werewolf horror. It's 3-1. Creature with power less than Shrill Howler's power. Can't block it. 5G transforms Shrill Howler. Becomes a 3-5 Eldrazi werewolf. Creatures with power less than its power can't block it. Whenever uh, Howling Churn Chorus deals combat damage to a player, put a 3-2 Eldrazi werewolf token into play. I think it's too many words. Too much, yeah. It's a 3 1 for 3, probably not good enough. We already talked about the fact that it's a 3 3 for 3. Yeah. That it has a pretty good enter the battlefield ability. Uh, Tangle Claw werewolf, 2 GG. For a 2 4, Tangle Claw werewolf can block an additional creature each combat. Does it have reach? No. What good is it? 6 G, transform Tangle Claw 6G, werewolf. 6 G, huh? Yeah. Into fibrous entangler. It becomes like a tree. It is vigilance. It's four six. Must be blocked if able. Uh, And it can block an additional creature each combat. Yeah, I don't like this one. Yeah, me neither. Good, good, good limited card. It was fine. Uh, Ulvenwald captive. Uh, One G for a one two defender. Tap to add G to your mana pool. I kind of like this, but it's kind of poopy. Uh, 5GG, transform Uvenwald captive. That's a lot of, of into transformation. A four, into a 4-6 that says, add colorless, colorless to your mana pool. I, I'm hesitant that this is going to be a constructed staple. <laughs> um, and, yet, and yet people have been playing two, manas that, two mana creatures that give you one mana. Even if, What if it didn't have Defender? Yeah. Not, I mean, we're just not excited no matter we're what. We're not excited, but you might. this card might actually see tournament. This might actually see play. It's possible. I don't I don't know. Like, I would rather have a Leaf Gilder than this most of the time. Sure. You have Leaf Gilder. I mean, there's the... Leaf the, Gilder is the bottom of the barrel. Right. There's the there's the, the, the guy that's already in the Death Touch Delirium guy. But that guy's really good. And then there's even, like, Hedron. The Hedron Crawler. Yeah. I mean, if you have a guy that, you know, is not going to be fighting, you know... Um, Ulrich of the Crowlin Horde. We talked about this guy we before, talked about right? This guy that card's fantastic. 3RG for a 4-4. When this creature enters the battlefield or transforms into Ulrich of the Crowlin Horde, so either when it flips back to its front face, target creature gets plus 4, plus 4 until it is uh, At the beginning of your upkeep, if no spells were cast last turn, transform Ulrich into Ulrich Uncontested Alpha. It's a 6-6. Whenever this creature transforms, you may have it fight target non-werewolf you don't control. It's even a May. I mean, this card is so good. You play it down, 
It's like plus four, plus four. Yeah. Then, like, every time it flips, it fights or gives plus four, plus four. Yeah. This card is, like, I'm hesitant to say this, but it's it's on par power level with Goblin Dark Dwellers, which is, like, the five in standard, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Have you have you seen the card uh, Guy Reach Bandit from Shadows Over Innistrad? Have I seen Guy Reach Bandit? Yes, I have looked at a spoiler. Okay. Sorry. Okay. I can't look it up. So, but this is a pretty pretty interesting card with Gyre. I don't know what it does. I would have to look so it up. You, whenever you play a werewolf, you can it transforms. You the werewolf transform transforms. It. Yeah, if if Gyre bandits transformed, it gives you the ability to transform you. I don't even know if I would play the Ulrich guy in a werewolf deck. I think I would just play it in a deck that was like, you know, had any creatures. Yeah. Maybe it's just boosting my knight from my Gideon. I don't care. Yeah. Maybe it's just like one of the one ones from my Soren or, or Liliana. I guess Liliana makes two twos. I don't care. This card, this card going to be Pro Tour top eight. This Pro Tour, maybe. Yeah. I actually think that no, there will be fewer number than Liliana's in the top eight IMO. It might be. Uh, Cryptolith Fragment, three for an artifact. It enters the battlefield. Tap, tap, add one mana of any color to your mana pool. Each player loses one life. At the beginning of your upkeep, if each player has 10 life or less, transform Cryptolith Fragment. It becomes the Aurora of Emrakul. Flying Death Touch 1-4. Whenever Aurora of Emrakul attacks, each opponent loses one life. I'm sorry, three life. Yeah, so, so it hits a, pretty hard. It hits pretty hard. It's a 4-4, four four, essentially. The only question I have is what kind of deck do you want to play this in? Because it's like... I feel like it's it's pretty interesting to be played in like a narrow number of win win conditions control deck, right? Because it does like a lot of the things control decks would want, right? Like gives you a little way to win, gives you some resource advantage, but like control decks don't want to be hurting themselves. That's the that's the thing. What do you think, Brian? I, I think this card is like I feel like it should be good. I just just don't know where to play it yet. Yeah, I'm I I am. Uh... I can see it being fine. Uh, three mana artifacts that even make every color map don't always see play. I mean, they usually, I mean, I think that there's, it depends, right? Like, there are some, like, what's that, like, Coalition Mark or whatever? Coalition Relic. Like, that one was pretty good. Sure. Um, the, the key, was it Key Ring? Key, Keystone? Sure. The, the, the Rakdos and the Selesnya ones were good. Yeah. The other ones were bad. Yeah. Um, I think... I feel like this... I just don't know what, what shell it should be in. I think, like, maybe a creature deck that wants to hit five. Sure. I think I think the each player loses... I think there's still ramp options for you. <clears throat> that you'd rather just ramp and not put yourself yeah, under the, the gun against a deck that's already killing you. Yeah, the problem is, like, ramp decks are so soft to attacks yeah. in standard. Like, like you're like, oh, my ramp also does the damage to me. Yeah, yeah, that's that's no bueno. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the card. I like Ulrich. Um, I kind of think the Ulrich uh, overall captive might see play. Skeet Ulrich is the best, and then followed by Kessig Prowler. Actually, Kessig Prowler is probably the best. Kessig Prowler is just fantastic. <coughs> uh, for the red cards, uh, yeah, none of them are super exciting. I love Voldar and Pariah. Uh, we both love Docent of Perfection. I like Curious Homunculus, another uh, sort of ramper. Oh, actually, there's a, quite a few flip cards that are good. Yeah, Lone Rider. Lone Rider's great. really like. Voldaren Pariah's great. Docent of Protection's probably going to be pretty good. Keswick Prowler's 
probably the best of them. Yeah, all. probably the most clear, just yeah. high impact card. But they're they're you know each color almost has got got yeah, something good. Red might be well. Red gets the Ulrich, but it doesn't. I mean, kind of. Kind of. All right. Uh, what are you doing on on television watching right now? Uh, we started watching Stranger Things. That's a, one of the new Netflix programs. New Netflix programs by the Duffer Brothers. I've never heard of they, them. They made Wayward Pines, which I kind of liked. I've never heard of that. Um, it is, I would, I would give it a 7.5 out of 10. Wayward Pines or Stranger Things? Stranger Things. How about Wayward Pines? I would give Wayward Pines an 8 out of 10. Yeah? I thought I was going to like this more. I really dislike Winona Ryder. I really, really dislike her in it. I think she's bad. Do you not have a gigantic crush on Winona Ryder when you were like 15? Uh, I did have a crush on Winona Ryder when I was younger. Uh, I never thought she was a great actress, but I liked her in a number of things. I just feel like she's so clearly like acting. Like she's like, I've watched a lot of Tony Collette movies, and this is how Tony Collette would play this role. <coughs> um, she's just not very convincing in it. I don't, I don't like her. All right. Uh, I was trying to watch your show, The Americans, but then, like I told you, the on-demand ran out. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I have the app. It ran out on the app, too. <coughs> you can call it up on the app. The episodes are there. They just don't let you play them. Sure. Which is just such a dick move, yeah, in my a, opinion. That's a big dick move. Um, I'm watching Preacher, which I think is very good. You yeah, I'm behind, watching... I'm behind on Preacher. I watched the first few episodes. Osip's back. I did two recaps on Fetchland, but Osip is back this week doing doing the recaps. Um, speaking of Osip, Mr. Robot's back. Oh, you know, I didn't love the first episode. I haven't watched it yet. Everyone said it was great. You know, so speaking of Osip, have you done your Hall of Fame ballot thinking yet at I've all? I've done some thinking on it. You haven't cast yet. I have not cast it yet. So this is my ten. This is my tendency to probably be my ballot, which is weird, right? Yeah. So I agree with a lot of folks who say. Zero vote might be the correct vote, right? I think that's possibly... Actually, I'm going to go hang out with John after this. I'm going to ask him what his opinion is on this. But the problem is, the way the rules are set up, is there's no zero victory, right? So yeah. somebody has to win. Right. Right, so... All right. If somebody has to win, I'm thinking that of the available candidates, the most likely who I can also stomach and be pretty happy with is Owen. Sure. Okay. So I'm like, all right. Best player in the game, yeah. three years running. I'm like, all right, vote for Owen then. Here's the problem. If you decide that Owen is the you, on this like weird abridged, abridged criteria, right? Then it's tough to vote for Owen and not Yuya, okay? Right? Yeah. Yuya's got a very similar resume in the sense like reputation largely built on Grand Prix, you know. Well, Weak statistically I mean, for a Hall of Fame candidate. Sure, you, you, you know, rookie of the year, player of the year. He's the only player to play in the world championships every single time. I mean, but th that's not a... Those well, are interesting things to say. That's not. I, I don't that's, think that that's, that's a strict that's a criteria whole, for that's a Pro whole, Tour Hall of Fame. Well, it, it talks about how dominant he's been for the last several years. So, so I'm like, all right, Owen and Yuya? But then I looked at it and I was like, is Owen really better than Herbert? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, yeah, I've, I've cast a vote for Herbert Holtz in the past. Sure. You know, so I'm I like, think the answer is yes. Here's the thing. I like Mark Herbert Holtz. I think Mark Herbert Holtz is a fine candidate. But if like, Mark's resume came in the last 23 Pro Tours instead of 23 Pro Tours that happened 10 years ago, he would have been a slam dunk. 
Because his last 23 pressures have been much better than Owens. Except, except that, much better. Except that he doesn't have the top 16s. He doesn't. He, he doesn't has have a the, win. He has a win, but he doesn't have the. Uh, his, his, I would say his last 23 Pro Tours are probably more comparable to Craig Wesco's last 23 Pro Tours. Craig Wesco does not have Mark's resume. He's a win. Mark has four top eights. And Craig has three top eights in that same time period. Speaking of which, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm going to vote for Mark. <laughs> How different is Mark than I was Speaking of not four top eights, was because, you know, if you look at the trade-offs between them, Osip has a ton of top 16s, right? right? Yeah, Which yeah. means that those are basically top eights on a better day, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. So it looks like, it means well, he played the right deck. He played really well. Yeah. He just, like, got, you know, he mana stumbled in the wrong round is probably what it meant, right? Because right. Could, like, in could, a, could in mean a, he screwed up in the final round of Worlds to... That's rabbits. No, well, no, it's, all, it's both of them, actually. Well, anyway, long story short... It's a weird year for me where I think that zero votes might be the correct one, but I end up casting four instead. So I, I'm still uh, I'm still very much on the Tsuyoshi Ikeda bandwagon, and I understand that Ikeda's got uh, a dearth of you know finishes, you know, in between his four top eights. But yeah, I mean, it's the guy who who's, who's who ran a store and did all did a lot, you know. Is very comparable to Willie Adel, and in fact, I thought was stronger on Community than Willie Adel was. So I mean, I, I, I know, no, I know. I don't, don't factor in some of those. I know things, you don't then, factor, yeah. in, but that that is in the criteria for Hall of Fame. Sure, but like, how how do you then factor in that both Osip and Mark were disparately the best deck designer in the world? It right, factors in for me. That's like a big thing, right? It factors in for, me, for sure. I don't, I don't think there's anybody else on that list who is actually the best deck designer in the world. All right, uh, I mean, I might be wrong. I have to re revisit it, but like. These are the guys when, like, if you're looking at torch handoffs, like, oh, this is the guy who's bridging this, or this is the guy who takes over from Siyoshi Fujita or takes over from Gabriel Nassif at some point. Like, that's an actual thing that they do. And you're just like, who's the best sex designer in the world? Look at look at articles from that time period, from, like, 2007. Everyone said it's Mark Herberholtz, right? Well, I mean, you were writing most of those articles. You were saying it was Mark Herberholtz. Well, he was the best sex designer in the world. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, you, you were a little salty when Mark lost to uh, Guillaume. Well, it was dumb because... So that just stepping back on this thing, for example. I like Billy, okay? Yeah. And Billy made some good decks. Yeah. Billy was not the best deck designer in the world. He, like, he had some interesting ideas that, like, came together in, in way... And, you know, and kind of, like, struck lightning on a certain day, right? Yeah, yeah. But they're like the third best implementation of this idea. But maybe he got luckier than somebody else on that day, right? That, sure. That's kind of that's kind of where where I saw with Billy, which is not to say his ideas weren't great because they were. His Flash Hulk deck was great, and that's that's a great example, right? So Billy really did make the best deck, but it was for a Grand Prix, yeah. right? So if you look at like Billy's virtual top eight on his Zoo deck, I was deck, talking to Satan about this the other day, and Satan was like, "Man, I was so lucky I got to play that deck. That deck was great." Of course, I, it's speaking of Owen Turnwald, yeah, right? Yeah. So Satan beat Owen in the finals. But if you look at that, Billy's virtual top eight on the zoo deck at Pro Tour Honolulu. Oh, God, I love that deck. It was a good deck. It wasn't Mark's deck. Mark won the Pro Tour, right? Mark's, Mark's deck was like so, so next level. It's like, the thing is, Mark's deck was. I like Billy's deck better than Mark's deck. Mark's deck was so next level 
that like a random passerby would have looked at it and be like, oh, what a generic deck, not understanding sure. how it was really just the best deck in this tournament and like how it actually just ranched all of these decks that were doing quote better end quote things or more interesting things. Like, that deck was just brutal. Speaking of Osip and Mark, I mean, I don't know, if Osip picks up his correct land in the top eight with his Moloku against Mark, maybe Mark doesn't win the Pro Tour. Maybe Osip would be in the Hall of Fame already. Maybe I would have ranked one higher on best tech designers of all time. <laughs> but um, Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, if Osip had two wins, geez. I mean, that was a really good deck, right? I mean, let me think. What other decks were in that top eight? Did Mark, Mark didn't play against Max Brack, did he? I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Osip would have destroyed the black-white decks and the zoo decks. That, actually, maybe not. He might have lost to Craig. It's hard to say. I mean, he didn't. He didn't beat Mark. So sure. Or that's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of factors going through there. Um, but anyway, yeah, but two wins. Nobody gets two wins and doesn't make the Hall of Fame. Yeah, right? yeah, no, no. Except Scott Johns. <laughs> he has two wins. He won the Vintage Pro Tour at Pro Tour oh, 5. Oh, yeah, that doesn't count. And a team Pro Tour. So I get well, he has like two asterisk winning Pro Tours. He has, he has a team win. He doesn't have, team, the, the vintage thing is not counted as a pro tour. All right. You say so. I do. I, I get to say so. I bet. I what get what to are say you? So. The pro tour story or something? So. I actually do get to say so. So anyway, isn't that kind of weird from my perspective on the boats, right? All right like, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Do you see my logic, right? Because somebody has to make it in. Yeah. So like not voting is just like letting an think, additional random chance. I think not voting is, 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 is wasteful, I think. I think you want to celebrate the players over there. I, I, I could see the criteria shifting. Like I think if they didn't have the rule, I might have seriously considered not voting. Do you feel like <laughs> Owen I probably and still Yuya are on the ballot too soon? I, no, there's a rule. Sure. They, but does they it feel, apply does, it under the that, rule. But, but again, that rule was created 10 years ago when Magic was just over 10 years old. Now that Magic's 20 years old... 10 years? I mean, we, we've seen people playing now for 20... Some people playing for 20 years. It's really hard for me. Like, I, I hate... I hate all the goalposts moving, honestly. Right? Sure. If you look at Ben Rubin, for example... Right. At the time that Ben Rubin was inducted, he was a slam dunk, right? Nobody wanted to deny Ben Rubin his spot. Yeah. Ben Rubin... I, I think it's hard to say that Ben Rubin has a better resume than Mark. Right? Like, it, it's... And then, and then, do you remember when it was? Remember how difficult it was to get Huey in? Sure. Right, like Huey just has a better resume than Ben Ben Rubin, but Ben Rubin was a shoe in. Like it's just all goalpost moving. Sure. Like, does it get? I mean, does it have to get harder? Should it be harder for Tom Martell? Right. So Tom has the bad luck of getting a single I, pro tour in ten years before his other I, pro tours. I think. I think twenty. I think as the game gets older. And players are placed; have their player careers are lasting longer. I think it would be inconceivable at the ten-year mark to say it has to be ten years from your, for longer than ten years from your first pro tour. It was ten years from the first pro tour at that time. Yeah. Now I, we're twenty years from the first pro tour. I th I'm not saying that it has to be twenty years, but it feels like ten years is feels too short to me. I mean, I I don't know. It feels too short. Like, do you think that Alan Comer is a is a worthwhile Hall of Fame member. I think he is. I regretted not voting for him. You know, like, but if you if you look at some, you know, here, Raphael Levy's a great example, right? People think of him as like a great champion of the game. He's always putting up victories. He's never stopped. Statistically, he's pretty weak Hall of Famer. 
I don't, I don't see like I look at him. I'm like, rap. Oh, he's a good, he's a good Hall of Famer from a different dimension. Most of these guys we're talking about have better resumes than Raph, despite the fact that Raph has the most Pro Tour points and sure. puts the number of freaking victories he puts between decades is nobody else does anything like Raph. Yeah. And you know that's you know I, I anyway I'm torn. I'm like maybe the Hall of Fame should be huge. Maybe it should be tiny. But it should be tiny. There are already a bunch of guys in there that are much weaker than I the think, guys we're I talking think, I about. I think the ship has sailed on small hall. I understand that there's momentum right. behind the idea of a small hall. But, but you can't have ship, a small hall anymore. You just can't have you're, a small hall. We were already at a place where the hall could when be a you fourth went of five, the Pro Tour. When you went 5-5-5-5 five, 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 five for the first few years of the Pro Tour, uh, of I, the hall, it, it's Seriously, it could be a small. fourth of the Pro Tour, depending on how they want to hand out the invitations. Sure. Can you not imagine 25% of the Pro Tour is just Hall of Famers? Like, like, that's actually a thing that could happen, depending on how the votes roll. Do you think that, that doesn't seem like a terrible thing to me? Like, the part of the idea of the hall was to was to engage the game's best, historically best players, and get them coming to show up at events. I mean, do you remember when John made the it hall? Was to he get didn't even play for a while. Sure. It wasn't until he just it's, it's worked out okay though. Second, second set John Finkel's just better than most of the hall, right? At this point. Yes. He was already a marginal Hall of Famer last year, and then he put up another Pro Tour top eight. Two more since last year? He's got two this season. Oh, Jesus. John Finkel. How many does he have since being a Pro Tour Hall of Famer? Five? Yeah. Wait, is it six? Got, he had five. 11 when he came it's, in? It's Kuala Lumpur. He has 16, right? Yeah. It's Kuala that Lumpur. is unreasonable. It's Kuala Lumpur, then it's the back-to-back Innistrad ones, and now it's the back-to-back Innistrad ones. Man, he's, he's, he is a nightmare. For Magic the Gathering opponents. Yeah. Okay, Pro Tour Dark Ascension, right, when he played the Delver deck. And then he lost to Hain, right? And then he the one, well, he beat PV and then lost to that Jeskai deck, right? And then he just top aided the Eldrazi Pro Tour. Not Eldrazi Pro Tour, with a He's, Seasons Pass Pro Tour. Yeah. Yeah, that's not reasonable. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, okay, here's the bar. The bar is John. If you're this good, you could be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> either John. It could be either. You just have to be as good as either pro, pre-Hall of Fame John. Yeah, or either pro, John. Hall, pro's Hall so of Fame So either John. you have five top eights, including a win, <laughs> or 11 top eights, including two wins. That's fine. Either and one. And a player of the year. And U.S. national champion. and Team I, world champion. Infinite number of... I love Team... By the way, I he love... He was a world champion also. Yeah, I love Team World's champion. Infinite number of Grand Prix victories. Why is Matt Ferrando here? I think he's... He, I don't know. He likes good coffee. Hey, Matt Ferrando. What's going on? Why does he talk so quiet? He's soft-spoken. I didn't know if you were podcasting. I mean... Let's just have a talk. All right. Where are you heading? Uh, is it movie club? One of the TDL dudes uh, is releasing like a mini comic. Oh yeah, What's I was gonna TDL? do. Oh, I'm going to that also. You're, you're going yeah. to this thing, the same yeah. thing as it. What's Nick, TDL? Team Draft League. Oh, what's he releasing? A mini comic. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Like sign and happiness. Yeah, yeah. He just sent me an email about it yesterday. I, was doing I don't know what any of these the words are. Yeah. All right, so I'll let you guys go do your mini comic release party. Um, and I, so Matt Ferrando, we this is where we think the bar is. You could have either of John Finkel's careers. You can be in the. You could be in the Pro Tour Hall of Fame. Below that, no. It's either eleven top eights with a world's win. You know, two Pro Tour victories, national championship. You could be this. You know, innumerable Grand Prix wins. 
be that one. Or just like kind of the more casual, I only in play, play in Pro Tours, not really Grand Prix. Five top eights with a win, uh, that, that one's okay. So the, the, you have to be one of these two or you don't get to be in the Pro Hall of Fame. Mike's advocating a small hall here. Incredibly <laughs> small hall. So who gets to be in now? John, Kai, PV. Is Gabe even in the hall? In the yes. <laughs> Oh, Gabe. He's like nine? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gabe beats second John. Who else? It's, uh, Wait, you created a new Hall of Fame. John, well, Mike, Mike's thing. The lower band is, is new John. So you got to be better than the lower band or you could be as good as the the 11 top eight John. That's, that's the... So you can be Kai, PV. I'd rather be exclusive. Is Bob in? No, right? Uh, Bob is five or four. I don't even know. I don't remember. He was a shoe in when we voted for him. Is Dirk in? Dirk has like 14 wins, right? <laughs> Which is crazy to do with only three top eights. No, Dirk has more than three top yeah, eights. Oh, he has like four wins? Or he yeah, has yeah. an individual win. Yeah. People forget how good Dirk, Dirk was. Dirk was great. Dirk was great. All right, we're going to go do this thing. All right, so what did we do today? Black? Black and double face. And double, so two face black cards. All right. Bye, Matt Ferrando. Bye, Michael J. Bye, Canada.